Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing? Mike Iconelli here. Man, I'm excited. This is the first and groundbreaking episode of Ike Live. You know, listen to me for a second, man. We created this because there's a lot of fish heads out there, and we want to talk. We want to communicate with each other. Um, I want to have constant feedback with my fans. And we want to have fun. That's why we created the show. So you're going to have fun over the next two hours. You're going to hear a lot of cool stuff. You're going to hear a little hardcore fishing tips. You're going to hear about some gossip. You're going to hear some some comedy. You're going to hear some funny stuff. And we've got a special guest with us in the studio today in a little bit. You're going to see my good friend Ed Bassmaster. A lot of you know Ed. And we've also got another special guest in the house today, my good friend Pete Glusick from the Bass University. And we're going to be answering some questions about tips and techniques. Um, Let me start by saying... This is your show. It's real important that over the next year, I want this show to cater to your needs. You tell me what you want to hear. You tell me what you want to watch, and we're going to make this your show. Uh, you know, the first thing we're going to do every show is we're going to start and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Ed Bassmaster just walking through the screen. <laughs> he didn't know any better. He didn't man. know any better. That's all right. Uh, Hey, before I do that, real quick, um, let me also, before I get started, let me tell you that I've got two special guys behind the glass that are helping out with the show. Mark Jeffries, executive producer, he's here today. And then our producer that's here every week, Brian the Carpenter. Say hi, guys. Here you go, Brian. Hey, how you doing, folks? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They said hi. Uh, Real big part of the show. But, you know, we're going to start out each show by picking a hot topic, picking something out here in the fishing industry that's really hot, that's that's really special that's going on. And this week we're going to talk about something that I know you love to hear, which is the... Alabama rig. Why do we have to talk about that again? The Alabama rig. We have to talk about it. <laughs> it's it's a topic that keeps coming up. So our first topic of the day is going to be the A rig. It's going to be the Alabama rig. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, Mark, I don't think a lot of people realize that the Alabama rig is not a new technique. It's not a new technique. It's been around forever. It's been around forever. Um, being here from New Jersey, growing up on the coast, uh, it's been called a lot of things. It's been called um, an umbrella rig. Uh, when I was little, it was known as a crab trap. Um, I've seen versions thrown with Snooky and the situation and uh, J-Wow <laughs> hanging off of it. There's all sorts of versions. But um, I, I want to I get everybody's opinion on whether this thing's ethical or not. I mean, is is this an ethical technique? In your opinion, Mr. Jeffrey? Well, no, this- you know, we've discussed this numerous times on BTL, and if anybody's aware of what took place last week at Lake Amistad, it was dominated by the umbrella rig. You know, there's 20 different types out there that you can throw, and it was completely dominated by that one technique. And come on, Ike, there's not a whole lot of skill to it. It really isn't. It, it's it, it's definitely questionable. There's no doubt it's got a time and a place, though. You know, for for deep suspended fish, 
I don't know if there's a better bait, but is it legal? Is it ethical? Should, should it be done? Is it right? I don't know. I, you know, we've had this discussion numerous times between you and I about what is the proving ground for the guys that are going to step up to the plate and battle with you and everybody else on the Elite Series. And just because you can go out and power fling an um, umbrella rig for three straight days doesn't mean that you're ready to play with the big boys. I I agree. I agree. I think it's uh, I think it can throw you in the wrong directions. Let's start taking some questions because we have some good on ones the instant here. feedback. On the instant feedback, we've got one from Andrew, and Andrew says, "Does Brian the Carpenter throw the A rig?" Brian, I do not. Brian, I I think you should actually come on out here, Brian, to sit down for this this section. <laughs> Get after have, it, Brian. Sit down, Brian the Carpenter. Brian the Carpenter here. Thank Brian Carpenter, do way. you indeed throw the A-Rig? This is a question that came in. From Andrew? Where's Andrew from? Andrew is from um, New Hampshire. New Hampshire? No, I do not throw the A-Rig. You've never, th- you've never thrown it? Or I have throw? thrown it. I have thrown it. Okay. In limited. Okay. So you you agree with the A-Rig or you don't? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with Mark. That it just... There's no skill involved. It's just right. you're just chucking, chucking, chucking a crab. Truck. It's called power flinging. Power flinging. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of comments coming through talking about limited baits, two baits, three baits. I don't know, man. Who who's the dude that won the FLW with like 18? He had like a yeah. chandelier. Yeah. It was basically. Well, that, sh- you seen the one with 24, 24 baits on it? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's got to stop somewhere. You know what I mean? It's yeah. got to stop somewhere. Uh, I got another. This is from uh, from Big Daddy. Big Daddy's from the West Coast, and he says, "Avery's rule, man. Avery's rule. Avery's rule. Big Daddy. You know, it's this is a tough one, man. I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty on the Avery's situation." Okay, so we tar- started talking about A-Rig. It's blowing up about A-Rigs. I'm already, st- I'm already, st- I'm done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next topic. You can't stop. You just, you. Hey, do you have one even in your in your shop or garage there's or anywhere? Actually, there's one hanging right above us. I don't know if it can. Can everyone look over here? We've got this giant A-Rig with heads hanging off of it. Right <laughs> See this? This is kind of what it looks like as it's going through the water right there. See that? No. <laughs> Looks like a giant thing. All right, so that was our, our hot topic of the day, the A-Rig. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with it. I'm in the, in the clear because, luckily, BASS, the elites, no A-Rig. Bassmaster Classic this year, Ed, no A-Rig. Alabama for a rig, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh so thank you, everybody, for the comments on the A-Rig. We're going to go on. Brian, we're going to jump right into our next segment, which is, Mark? The clip of the week. The, the fish of the week. All right, before we do that, let's bring up let's bring up our special guest today. I think I it's th- time. I think we should do that. Okay. Uh, all the way from Northeast the Philadelphia, northeast. Mr. Ed Bassmaster. Round of applause. Round of applause. Very nice. Very nice. How you doing, Ed? Hey, guys. Where, where'd you just come from, the auto show? Is there a delay on this? There's a super delay on it. We can't see your face. Are you watching yourself? Yeah, I wanted to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, Don. How you doing? Hey, Don. How was the auto show? The auto show? A lot of cars. A lot of cars. A lot of cars? Yeah. I mean, old ones, new ones, mostly new. Okay. Shiny. Okay. Any, Shiny. any Lambos? Uh, yeah, there was a green Lambo. Why? Do you uh, ask? I don't know. <laughs> skeet, skeet Reese, by the way, has a yellow Lambo. Skeet, skeet. In his driveway. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, so, 
in the next section, we've got this amazing What's thing. What's y'all? We've got this amazing <laughs> thing, Ed. Y'all on TV? We've got Mark back here queuing it up right now. What's up, Mark? Where are you at? He's right. back there behind uh-huh. the glass. <laughs> we've got Brian the Carpenter working on this. And then this next one, we like to call it Fish Soup. Rocking it, right? This is Clip of the Week. I know you hate it, but we're going to watch it. We want your commentary. And we feel like this is pretty important because with the Olympics going on, we got this clip directly from Russia. This is from Russia. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. Now, he, I think he actually tried to lip that thing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> now, you've heard of noodling before. This is kind of the... If you don't have nothing, you don't have a needle nose, just get out a damn two-by-four. Look at that. I said that when I get when I get hooked with my two fingers. <laughs> He's gonna beat it with a hammer. So this is this is this is a key clip because this is probably a new Olympic sport, noodling. It's going, to rep- it's going to be, they've got curling, right? So why not noodling in the Olympics? <laughs> What's he saying right now? Uh, I can't hear it. If it's Russian, I can tell you I can interpret it, but I'm not hearing any audio. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is this clip but a week a long one? It's approximately four minutes. Oh my god! Adam! Adam! Beat him! Beat him! Beat him down! Oh, wait, wait. I think we have. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> I got my hand free. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you hear the seagulls in the back. If you want to. Wow. <laughs> and that's uh, that was a great clip. What that's, happened? That's scary. It, basically, I Did think he got his hand. He got his hand he back. Got his hand back. He was uh, that was Jacques Cousteau's relative. He was down there scuba diving and noodling in Russia, and got his hand caught in that giant bass. That was pretty cool. That was probably like a seven pounder. I always overestimate stuff. Call everything a giant, but that looked like a seven pounder to me. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we got a comment from Andy, and Andy says, "Wow, what the boo." Who's that? Andy said that. Well, you fit in where you fit in. You know what I mean? <laughs> we go in all day. 
how about I look on a tweeter <laughs> and I ask you a question and I, I try to get relayed. You know what I mean? I think that's a good idea. Relay it out to him. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. So I, I, I want to make sure that everybody at home knows this. All of Ed's fans know Ed for Ed. But I know a different Ed. I know the Ed that is <laughs> yes. a hardcore angler. Oh, they're going to tell the story. That leaves dead pickerel under my console. <laughs> Alright? That ain't cool, man. That ain't cool. I found that, I found that shit like a week later. So, uh, it ain't cool, man. Thanks, Why'd Brian. you do that? Brian threw me under the bus with this, so we put a dead pickerel uh, <laughs> in Mike's cockpit on his boat. I thought it was like a year ago. I forgot about it until now. <laughs> but Brian approved that. Dude, I found it in a tournament. I could have been kicked out. For <laughs> you could have. It could have been considered live bait. Really? I don't oh know. Oh my gosh, I could have. I could have do it again, man. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, man, that was uh, that was bad. So, am I allowed to like look at Twitter now? Am I allowed to look at the phone or no? You could allowed? do anything you wanted. Because okay. I want to see if I can answer like, I mean, what's this space here? The space here does that allow us to do? This? What? <laughs> <laughs> can we do whatever we want? You can do whatever you want. Okay. It is PG-13, but outside of that, anything right. you want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is he doing, Ike? <laughs> I, I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to read tweets because uh, I told my fans that if they wanted to ask me any questions, they could tweet me. Yeah. But, um... Well, that's funny because we got a comment from Jake that said... I can't ask there because my it's, like, not running. I can't go nowhere. I don't travel. Do you want to log into mine? No. Jake says, Ed, that was a prickerel move. <laughs> it was. Good, good but it comment. Was, but it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> but it stunk. Yeah. That little fish stink. How it. many days, Ike? I, it was a good week. Basically, I fished with Ed. We we busted him up on a chatterbait. We caught, caught a lot of snakes mixed in. Uh, a week, About a week later, I fished a winter league tournament. And weighing in, I, we were kind of smelling something all day, but weighing in, I look under my console, and there it was, 20 inches long, fuzzy, like, <laughs> oozing. It's not right, man. It's not right. It was your cockpit. It's not right. <laughs> what other tricks has he played on you? Ah! And I can't talk about some of them. Hey, do you want to read questions? Do you feel like reading questions? And if you see any that sound interesting, I can answer. Because I can't read, read re- Let's read some questions. And, read some questions. like I'm not... By the way, everybody, you can comment directly uh, on the site. You can comment on Twitter. You can comment on Facebook. And you can call a number. We're going to have a number for you a little later. You want me to throw the number out now? Throw the number up there. Let's see if we can get some phone calls. We'll get some live interaction with some guys. It's toll free. It is toll free. And you get a free piece of Hubba Bubba with every call. (laughs) 855-498-0691 is the number. Speak up, Juan. I can't read your mind. You gonna keep doing flash signs? What are you trying to say? Spit it out. Good. What you doing this? We got a comment from uh, Sprinky real quick. Sprinky, what's up, dog? And Sprinky says uh, he's curious. He wants to fish the Marshall program, and he wants to know about asking questions from the back of the boat. Is that something he could do, Ed? Listen here, Slinky. I fished on the back of the boat for the first five months. It's something you got to do. Just hang in there, Twinkie. You'll get it. <laughs> All right, we got we got a question for Mike. It said, uh, "Brian the Carpenter is famous for game day pranks." Oh, from is that true? It is true. Okay, I don't I have no idea what that means. 
Do you have any idea what that means, Ed? No. Okay. Uh, so let's see. We've got um, we got another comment. It says, "Ed, are you a Dallas Cowboys fan?" What the? I don't get that. Uh, honestly, I'm not a foot. I'm not a huge football fan. But if I had to side with the team, it definitely wouldn't be Dallas because I live in Philly. So <laughs> it doesn't work out too well being a Dallas fan or a Yankee, <laughs> or a Yankee fan in Philly. <laughs> yes, sir, Mark. Right here we go. Let's go to the phones. We're okay. going to go to Logan, <laughs> Oklahoma. What's up, guys? Logan, how you doing? What's going on? Mike, it's great to talk to you guys. Good you, to talk you to you, too, buddy. How you doing? Uh, hey, Mike, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. Many, many years ago, I don't know how long it was, I attended a Bass University where you were an instructor uh, in Oklahoma City. Well, I could think it was back when Bass was still doing it. Okay. You had a... I don't know what a CD-ROM or something that had a, your fishing logs program on it for sale. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking about the uh, the audio CD, how to turn pro in five years or less. No, it was a you had a program that you could download on your computer to keep your logs of like your fishing days and stuff to help you for your tournaments. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Here's what I do. That's a great question, and I still keep logs to this day. I started from when I was real little, taking and putting them in notebooks, and then I went up to that program you're talking about. And now, listen, man, it's so easy. In the days of iPhones and iPads, it's so easy to do it directly from your phone and your computer. And I use a site called fishity.com, F-I-S-H-I-D-Y.com. And on Fishity, man, they've got a program right there where you can put everything in. Fishity, Fishity. You can log everything in as it's happening. You get back, you can put coordinates in, you can put the information in. Check out Fishity. That'll help you. Fishity, Fishity. Thank you. We got another call? What do you think about that, Ed? It was very intuitive. How do you um, how do you log all your information? How do I, how do I not laugh? How do you? I, um, when I'm filming pranks, it's hard. Yeah, like that. Right. You gotta like hold your breath. Yeah. You, well. Mike live. We're live. Okay. Mike live. We're getting all kinds of calls. <laughs> getting all kinds of calls. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll answer tweets. I'll answer tweets all day. All right, we got a tweet question. All right. Well, this one cracks me up because Ashira with an H. Ashira with an H. She wants to know if you'll be her best friend. Wants to know if I'll be your best friend. Sure. Excellent. Excellent. Weston Hughes. Weston Hughes. What has been the most awkward moment you've had while filming? What has been the most awkward movie? How's my audio? Can you hear it? Am I going in now? <laughs> Good. I won't touch that again. Uh, the most awkward moment while filming, like. Um, a TV show or just aw- awkward? Awkward moment in, in general. Awkward? Yeah, like nervous, scary. I'm never like that, so. Sorry, Weston. So, Weston, I don't, I don't get awkward like in moments because I'm always doing videos. I'm used to it, you know. Here's actually another question from Kyle for you. It says, Ed, what's your favorite size rod? <laughs> Good question. Honestly, that's funny. Honestly, I like a seven foot rod. Seven that's, foot rod. That's my favorite, yeah. Okay. All right, you ready to phones? Let's do another caller. We're going to go to Bradley in Alabama. Bradley, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Ot? Bradley, what's up? 
Hey, don't What's going on? You are my idol. Thank, Thank you, sir. Th- oh, him? Oh, okay. <laughs> you? I thought you meant me, boss. <laughs> well, uh, yes, sir. What's your question, Bradley? Uh, what bait should I throw on Lake Widow in March? I know, Ooh, the, I, know, I, don't, I know that. I don't know that lake, but I'm going to tell you in March. You know, March you're talking about you're talking about pre-spawn fishing. You're talking about fish that are gone from their wintertime pattern heading to where they're going to spawn. My top three. Here they go. It would be a suspending jerk bait. It would be a lipless bait, like a rattle trap style lure. Crankety crank. And the last one would be a tight wobble crankbait. You said it. Tight wobble crankbait. Man, those those three lures cover a lot of water. They trigger that reaction strike, especially when that water's 40 to 55 degrees. So try that stuff. Alrighty, thank you. Yes, sir. What, what would you throw in the spring, Ed? In the spring? Or in yes, the- in the spring. Early spring or late spring? I'm going to go with middle spring. I like topwater, dude. Topwater is my favorite. Okay. If it's warm out and they're 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 feeding on top, yes. frog is my all-time favorite. Yes. And I use it anytime I can, and I always have it rigged when it's nice out. So, I love it, too. Frog fishing is awesome. Uh, let's see. We have a comment here from <laughs> Ty Phillips. Ed, have you ever fished on Lake Gunnersville? No, I don't know guys that do. All right. But I ain't going to sit up here and tell a lie. I ain't, where's the camera at? I ain't never sit up here and tell a lie. You know what I mean? It don't matter. You know what I mean? It don't matter. One what, buddy? What we got mean? another call. Yeah, let's go to okay. Joe in Philly. Go ahead, Joe. Wow, local guy. Joe, go ahead. Come on, Joe. Hello? Joe? <laughs> Joe, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? What's your question? I'm Bass Mike. I'm from Philadelphia, and I know that Bass is coming here in the summer. I wanted to see if Mike was going to be in on the phone. Yes, sir. I'm I'm super excited, super pumped up to to fish the Delaware. It's uh, it's my home fishery. It's a place I've fished since I was little. It's got a lot of history. I've got a lot of history on that place. Uh, Ed and I've been out there a bunch. Pete's been out there a bunch. It's a really good river. Uh, right, you're gonna be a local favorite, man. I can't wait. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a tough one, man, because it's uh, it's a gift and it's a curse. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, it's a gift because you've got history. I know the tides. I know a thousand places from Delaware to Trenton. But right. it, it can be a curse. You know, one of the things in fishing, it's real important, is to not always rely on your history. You know what I mean? You got to go out there and you got to fish the moment, and that's that's important. So, you know, if I can can use a little bit of my history, but just keep an open mind in that tournament, it's it's going to be a good time. It's it's going to be a really good tournament for sure. Sounds good, man. We're going to be pulling for it. It's going to be crazy at the Art Museum. I know that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And I know no we've been out there a lot, and I want to make sure that everybody knows that Delaware is a good fishery, but there are also a lot of other things swimming out there, including whitefish. Yes, yes. The rubber whitefish. The rubber whitefish. There's a lot of whitefish out on the water, and there's also a lot of juice jugs. <laughs> the juice jug mats. You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't know that one. All right. The little plastic cups. They're floating all over. You punch the juice oh, jug yeah, mats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Zero eight. Oh, sorry. Zero Eight eight eight. Zero eight eight eight. Let's th- let's take a question Sorry. from the instant feedback here. It says, uh, "This is from Andy from Kentucky." Hey Ike, he says, "How do you break down a new lake that you've never fished before?" That's that's a good question, and uh, so I'll give you the quick version of it. Here it goes, Ed. Never been to a place before. I'm going to do a lot of research before I ever go there. I'm going to sit down like we're sitting here. I'm going to get on the computer. I'm going to research historical information. 
I'm going to get maps. I'm going to lay the maps out. <laughs> I'm going to plug in seasonal pattern. And that kind of puts me in the ballpark. That's one part of it. The next part of it is once I get out there, when I'm idling around, I'm only looking for one thing, and that is change. Change. And fishing's luck, right? <laughs> no luck involved in fishing. All right, let's go to Jake from New Jersey. Jake, go ahead. Hi, um, I just want to say that I love Ed. I love Mike. I, I met Mike many times. Met Ed. He tried to prank me at a fireworks store in PA. Yep. <laughs> Both great guys. Awesome. Appreciate dude. that. Appreciate I, that. I remember you, man. Right on Route One, right? Hey, Jake. Why? Why yeah. we have you on the phone? We need to ask you a question. Yes. What's that? If uh, Ed and I had a show coming out, a TV show, would you watch yeah. it? Absolutely. That's why I'm watching this. Okay. Well, you good. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. What's that? Be good. All right. Yeah. You take it easy. Should I say that? Yeah. Okay. So somebody asked when we were filming again. <clears throat> right now, unfortunately, Philadelphia is frozen under ice, folks, at home. It's just been crappy here for the last how many weeks? I don't know. Last month, two months. We're always talk. We're always discussing getting out, you know, filming something, whether it be prank related or fishing or both. Just his, and then his schedule and my schedule. It's it's. We want to get together, but right now the weather in Philly. Nobody's filming anything in Philly right now. Yeah, yeah. Without giving too much away, man, I can tell you we're we've been working on something and uh, we've got some stuff in the works. So we're we're excited. It's we're, exciting. We're making soup. All right, put it to you like that. We're making soup. Soup. And you know where we're going with that. Soup. All right, let's go to Matt in Georgia. Matt, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mike, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you? Um, good, man. I watch you every chance I get. Thank I just you. probably got the easiest question for you. Um, what's the biggest largemouth you call? That's all I've been wondering. Oh, man. Great, great, great question. Uh, so I'm going to answer it two ways. The biggest largemouth I ever caught fun fishing or practicing was 14 pounds, one ounce. And I caught that at Lake Amistad. Believe it or not, I caught it on a spinning rod, 10 pound test. Biggest fish I ever saw in my life. And then about two years later in the tournament, I caught a 12-pound, 13-ounce bass in the event, first day of an elite tournament, back on Lake Amistad. So they're my two biggest bass ever. Shoot you. All right, I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Kirkpatrick wants to know, how did you and Ike meet? A question from Ryan. How did we meet? Yeah, Ryan, what was it? Kirkpatrick Kirkpatrick, uh, asked how me and Ike met. Um, Basically through YouTube, to make a long story short. uh, Mutual friends were close to each other. um, And we've met several times, you know, in the beginning, just discussing, working together, doing something together. He was a fan of mine, but I was a huge fan of his. I've been a fan of Ike's, honestly, for probably, I want to say like 12 to 15 years, dude. You're making me look old, man. <laughs> I've been following listen, you. Listen to me. I'm 18. I swear. I'm 18. I've been following you, so <laughs> I like I, I like what you do. Thank you, man. I like what you do, too. Thanks. All right, enough of the love fest. Here, let's go to the phones. Kim in New Jersey. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hi, Question Kim. for you. Uh, what is your most memorable moment of any of the tournaments? Which, what's your favorite moment that stands out? 
Oh, that's a great besides, besides winning the classic, of course. Wow, that's a great question, Kim. Uh, man, I, there's been there's been so many. I think um, I think a lot of the the highlights are when you when you win or when you really figure the fish out. And there's been a few of those moments over the years. The Federation National Tournament I won as an amateur is a highlight yeah. for me. My first pro event I ever won at Lake Champlain is a highlight for yep. me for sure. You know, but there's been other ones that are, that are negatives too. You know, uh, putting the boat up on the woods this year. You know, almost, yeah. you know all that stuff. Uh, this is such a funny sport that the the highs and the lows. There's a lot of them, and they're they're what really stick in your mind. So there's been a bunch over the years. But I can tell you this: the neat thing about this sport is that it really does keep me young. Like uh, when I go out there, I'm getting old. I'll be 42 this year, but when I go out there, I feel like I'm a kid every time I go out. You know, so right, I right. Can, well, you keep it, you keep us all young watching you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And with my wife sitting right here, I can tell you that I can't remember any of the birthdays or can't remember to pay the bills, but I can remember a lot of those fishing moments. Absolutely, I'm sure so, you can. <laughs> sorry about that. Thanks. Thanks for the question. No problem. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Hey, can I do a shout-out real quick? Yes, sir. Uh, my friend Casey. Thank you. You're, <laughs> You're welcome. Casey, that was for you. That was pretty amazing. Zach Squires. Squares. Squires? Zach. We don't need to know Zach's last name. Yes. <laughs> what do y'all keep your drag tension at? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a question I probably couldn't even answer. That's too technical for me. What do I keep my drag tension at? Uh, I. We need what, a do, what do you measure by pounds? Pounds per square inch. I don't know, dude. PSI. I, I, I keep it tight enough so it doesn't snap off ever. I don't lose lines, so I'm doing something halfway right, I guess. I'd say what? Uh, my deal for that's drag. That's technical, man. Y'all ain't supposed to be asking him. My deal for drag, no drag is jig drag. The no six. drag is jig drag too, and I feel the same way. <laughs> you got to say it five times as fast as you can. No drag is jig drag. 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 Say it. No drag is jig drag. No drag is jig drag. No drag is jig drag. <laughs> you didn't get through three. You didn't get through three. We Adam. Just... No drag is jig drag. <laughs> no drag is jig drag. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's go to Ryan in Vermont. Ryan, take it away. Gentlemen, how we doing? What's hey, up? Hey, Dom. Good. How's things? Hey, I know, uh, I know, I said one of your favorite lakes is Lake Champlain. What, uh, what do you like fishing better, down south or up north, and why? Good, good question, man. Lake Champlain, it's definitely on my top five. Um, and you hit it perfect. The two extremes is where I like fishing. The extreme north and the extreme south. If I had to pick one, I'm going to tell you the extreme north end of the lake. And the only reason for that is because it's got boat species. So I could go flip for largemouth in the grass, up in the reeds. In the same day, in the same area, I could turn my boat around and go fish for smallmouth, fish for the brown ones. So I, I love the diversity of the north end of the lake. From if you know, If you would get to Plattsburgh... Draw a straight line across the lake and go north. That's yeah. my that's my favorite end of the lake for sure. In the Mississippi Bay. Yes, sir. Love the Mississippi Bay, man. Home lake. It's love it. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for the question, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. We got a question for Ed. I have an easy one. Easy one for me. Ask. Team Rippin' Lips wants to know what kind of gum are you showing? None. 
Team ripping team lips. Ripping lips. I'm going to police them waters, Listen, man. listen, <laughs> smart Alex. About 30 seconds ago, I realized and swallowed it, okay? Beat you. <laughs> next. Ripping lips. Ripping lips. What's up? What do we got next, Rebecca? Oh. Zach's got more questions about drag tension percentage. I don't know. All right, we're not asking stuff. anymore. I've got me <laughs> off the wall crazy. Great one. Young scheme. He wants to know. We tweet each other from time to time. Just curious if you were looking for a Valentine fishing, holding each other's rods. Young scheme. I am not down with holding other dudes' fishing rods. <laughs> uh, I have friends that hold other friends' fishing rods for them. They're my friends too. I fish with them and have a good time. I just don't like anybody holding my fishing rods. I like to hold them. I like to take care of them. All right, Mike, let's go to Andrew on the phone. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Hey, Andrew. How you doing tonight? How you doing? Oh, good. Uh, I was just at the Worcester show. Um, I met you. And uh, I just want to wish you good luck at Cross and go take some KVD out. Oh, I love yeah. it. Thank, thank you, Andrew. It was good meeting you last week. Did you have a good time? Good meeting you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. You have a good night. You Okay. He never answered the question. He never answered the question. That's all right. I don't know if you noticed this, Ed. Take a look behind you. Can, can you see this photograph right here in that back corner? Rick Clung. That's Clang. That's my hero right there. That's why he's up there. Yeah. I got I Clang. Why'd you call him Clang? Clang. Ricky Clang. You don't yeah. know Clang? No. I, I mean, I mean yeah. depends what part of the country you're from. You could say clang or clun. All right. It kind of converts a little bit. Clang, clang. He's my hero. And then you saw Benny Hill, too. He's up there. Oh, nice. Okay. All right, so let's see here. Hang uh, on. Phone call. Yeah, phone call. Let's do another call. All right, Jason from North Carolina. Go ahead, Jason. Can I tweet that phone? Hey, Mike, what's going on, bro? Love you. Yes, sir. Number? How are you doing, Jason? Alright buddy, just trying to get some stickers from you man to rep you up here in North Carolina man and uh one other question. What's your what's your best uh bass spot here in uh, North Carolina? Lakes, rivers, otherwise. Gotcha. Great great question. Uh Man, North Carolina's got so many good fisheries. Uh, I, I love Norman. Even though Norman's tough, I love Norman because it's yeah. a tremendous dock fishery, man. I'll get on those docks. I'll just skip all day long. I love Wiley. Uh, Lake Wiley's a great one for me. I've had a lot of success there with the shallow dive and crankbait up the river. Man, you know, you live in North Carolina. It's nice because you've got a lot of diversity there. Uh, I, I love it. It's awesome. And my only, my only big win as a pro in North Carolina came from Kerr or Carl. Our reservoir, depending on how you say it. Yeah. So I've got an affinity for that lake too. And uh, and go to the website, man. We've got go to mikeiganelli.com. We've got bass hole and Ike stickers there for like a dollar. Oh man, awesome. Okay, thanks for the call. He ain't gonna go. Line. <laughs> he ain't gonna go. <laughs> we'll have to send him some Ed stickers for nothing. <clears throat> what's what's in the pot? It's a flower, man. <laughs> Smell that. Smell that, Ed. Smell that. Smell that. Jackie wants to know if you could work alongside any actor actress, who would you pick? Well, that's a good question. If I could work alongside any actor or actress, honestly, probably Jim Carrey. 
I've been a fan of his since in Living Color, like when when he first came on. Ever since then, but I I don't know. I mean, like the last few years, I haven't really been a huge fan. Who am I, who am I answering? You or the camera? <laughs> You're answering McGraw. McGraw. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. Let's go to Rick in Maryland. Rick, go ahead. What's up? Hey, Ike. What's up? Hey, Tom. Um, I don't know if you remember me. I kind of ran into you one day uh, heading up 95. You had a flat. I do um, remember. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I got a question. Yes. It, this time of year, with yes. it being so cold yeah. and partly frozen, what would you throw uh, in the Upper Bay, Susquehanna area? Yeah, good, good, good question, man. Uh, you know, the deal, the deal in the Upper Bay is they're in their, they're in their wintering areas, and so a wintering area in the Upper Bay or any tidal river, to me, is something that's out of the current and it has a little, little bit deeper water in it, right? So mm-hmm. for sure, when when you talk about that in the Upper Bay, you're talking about the marinas. You know, you're talking about the the dredged out marinas, the seawalls, the riprap rock, uh, and and you know, I'm going to give you a couple. If I had one to pick, it would be a silver buddy, a vibrating type bait, fishing along those walls. Uh, my second choice would be like a shaky head, you know, a small worm. And then my third would be a jig. Small worm. Yeah, small worm. Really small worm. Uh, you, you know, they're the kind of areas that they're going to hang in in the, in the cold of winter um, until it starts getting warm, and then they're going to filter out of those areas. And, hey, thank you for stopping and help us with that flat. That was key. My wife's right here, and she's pointing, too. She says thank you. That was Not awesome. Not a problem. Thanks for the call. And it's for Daniel. What is he saying? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, he says, Ed, come to New Jersey. Anthony said, come to New Jersey. I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, what color, uh, John says, what color silver buddy? Gold and silver, man, are the two colors I carry. Uh, when it's sunny, I like the silver. When it's cloudy, I like the gold. There you have it, folks. Wow. Can't keep up with all these questions. It's impossible. <laughs> Look at him streaming. Look at this. How are you supposed to keep up with these questions? It's possible. Brian the Carpenter, can you help me out you here? You need Brian to read. You're a damn carpenter. Brian, Come Brian, fix this problem. Brian needs to read and ask any key questions. Okay. He should, he should. He should read that. Come on, Brian. Instead of holding an iPhone, get out here. <laughs> hey, let's go to Paula. Paula, go ahead. Hello, Mike. Hi. How you doing tonight? Oh, hi. It's Paula from Hoboken. <laughs> Hi, how you doing, Paula? Uh, I'm good, how are you? Um, I was just wondering about Woody's spot on the Delaware River. <laughs> the Woody, you're talking about the Woody Hole. The Woody Hole. Yes, Woody, Woody Hole. Oh my gosh, the Woody Hole. How do you, wait, first of all, how do you know about the Woody Hole? Uh, I got my, I got my eyes and my ears, you know, and you know them big cats got a tendency to get loose? <laughs> you're talking about the catfish? You know those, the big cats? You know what I'm saying? I got saying? a tendency to get loose. <laughs> and the cats have a tendency to get loose. Answer Paula. You got to find the hole and stick them and you'll kill them. <laughs> Paula, do you fish, Paula? Yes, I do. What do you fish for? I fish for all kinds of fish. Them catfish, them uh, pickle roll, them bass, the, uh, the, um... Um, sunnies, the bull I think you got ranked. 
I have a feeling, but I ain't too sure. All right, Paul, thank, thanks for the call. We're going to cut you off there. Special shout-out to my girl, Riley. Next caller. <laughs> that was funny. You know those cats? They got a tendency to get loose. Yeah, they, they scrumptious, though. <laughs> I don't know. No, ser- seriously, though, would you noodle? Would you do that? I do. No, you yeah, would. I would. Oh, yeah. No, would you? Absolutely, yeah. No. I want to do it, dude. Would you really? Yes. That, dude. I'm serious. Take five. Yeah, we can, we can, we can, this is not on air. Would you really? Do you want to see me and Mike noodle? Not each other, but <laughs> catfish. You know what noodling is? I've always wanted to noodle. Uh, since, there was a documentary. I'm sure you've seen it. It was the only documentary that I know about that was about noodling. Like, it's from Oklahoma. Yeah. It's 15 years ago. Okey, no, it's Oki noodling. Yeah. I, and I watched that, and I was like, dude, I want to do that one day. But who can I do it with? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd do it, man. You wouldn't do it? I don't know. You know, the Nature Boy wanted to do the triple threat. He wanted to noodle all in one day. Noodle, ride a bull, and kill a pig. <laughs> that's the hat trick. That's the triple threat? Well, that, killing, that's the, the Oklahoma hat trick. Killing a wild hog or a pig? Like a wild yeah, hog? Yeah, a wild oh, hog. Okay. With a knife. Oh, yeah. Not with that's, a gun. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the hat trick. All right, you ready to go to the phones? Don in Wisconsin. Go ahead, Don. Hello, uh, Don. Don, go ahead. Hello. Hi, Don. What's your question? Hi. You have mail. Oh, I, I actually want to talk to both these guys. I love them, and I just want to make a couple comments to them each, how much I love them. Hey, Don. Thank you, Don. What, what's your question? Hey, Don, Don. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Don, Don. Go ahead, Don. Go ahead, Don. Hey, hey, Mike. Yes. Hey, Don. Oh, wow. I thought this was live. Don, can you hear uh, me? Don. 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 Okay, next caller. Don, I, we, I don't know. Do we have Don confused or was Don confused? I, I think Don was a little confused. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about Don. Don, call back. We like you. <laughs> we have a comment from Jonathan for Ed. It says, beep. <laughs> oh my god. Ed, somebody claims you're in the Lego movie. I'm confused. Is that true? Yes, I was actually in no. the Lego movie. Uh, I played uh, in the beginning in the, in the movie. Uh, there's a pile of Legos, big, huge pile. There's probably, it's like the planet, so there's probably billions of them. And if you look to the right screen, there's an orange Lego, like, this big. And I played, like, I had to wear the orange green, it's like a green screen suit, but it was orange. So they, you know, they blurred my face out, and I was that orange Lego. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I wasn't in the Lego movie. <laughs> wow. All right, hey, let's go to Derek in Ohio. Derek, go ahead. I went to the Lego movie. Sorry. Derek. Hey, Mike. Hi there. What's your question? Uh, my question is, I'm I'm new to the sport. Like, I'm young, and I'm wondering, how do you get into ter- tournaments? Good question. How old are you, by the way? 13. 13. Okay. So, here's the deal. So, first thing you need to do is join an organized club. Find a, find a youth uh, junior club, a, a youth chapter. Join a club. That's the first step. Next thing is, man, go out and really work on stuff that you're not that good at. Work on your weaknesses, right? So, you know, if you love throwing a plastic worm and you can't crank or throw a spinnerbait, go out and work on that. Really practice on what you're not that good at. Third thing, you ready? 
Thank you. Get an education, man. A lot of this sport is not just the fishing. It's the business side. It's sponsorships. It's agents. It's, you know, there's all this business world to, to the fishing deal. And uh, go, go to college. Get an education. And then take your time. Just work up through the levels. Fish regionally. Fish locally. Fish as a co-angler. Give each level a couple years and just take your time. And, uh, okay. and believe you can do it and you can make it. Thank you. Okay, hey, can, good, I, good can I touch on that too? Yes, sir. He's right, okay? But, hello? If you got bills to pay, don't worry about school. Just get to fishing. All right, buddy? Take care. Okay. Bye. Thanks. You got to tell him everything, bye. <laughs> There's two sides to every story. Come on, man. <laughs> There's two sides to every story. Oh, my gosh. Y'all humor Chris Mason and talk about the uh, Lawrence Spotlight Scan. Oh, I'm not answering that one. <laughs> Tell Chris Mason you're not answering that one. No. All right. So it says uh, we got a question from Jay. It says Rapala DTs or. Uh, clacking reps. DTs, man. DTs. I'm going to tell you DT because the DT stands for dives too. Always pick a crankbait that runs as deep or deeper than the water you're fishing. End of story. What do you think about Con- Contact. What do you think key- about that? Contact is the key word. It is. It is. We've got another question here from uh, from Jordan. It says, Schlagel. Um, do you and Ed make babies? Meat pops. I don't understand that question. I have three myself, so yeah, I don't know about him, okay. but I, I do, I do. Did, did he mean do we make babies together, or do we do have we made babies? Oh, that yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not All right. sure. Hey, let's go to Craig in Louisiana. Craig, go ahead. Mike, I, uh, I'm a huge fan. You're one of my bastion heroes. Thank you. And. Uh, <sighs> I live down here in New Orleans. I know that's a special place for you. It is. I just wanted a quick quick question. Do the pros love fishing here down here and why don't y'all come down here more often and fish turn and have, have big events? Man, that that that's a great question. And uh, so there's a couple things. I we love coming down. I love it. Most of the pros love it. It's such a diverse fishery, man. You talk about the delta, places that are connected to the coast, the ability to catch bass and, and redfish and speckled trout in the same day. It's unbelievable but now here's the second part to it and this this might blow a lot of people away is we don't have a say on where we go for tournaments you know and and it's it sometimes it's really sad you know it's it's a lot of politics that go behind the selection of a tournament site so you know first of all the city or the community has to put up the money that's sometimes unfortunate uh, you know certain things have to happen from a sponsorship standpoint so uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things at play on why we, why we get to a spot. So, uh, but but we love coming to New Orleans, man. It's a great place. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you so much for what you do for fishing. I love you. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. What do you think, Ed? You having trouble with the what, mic? Phone? What is he doing to the mic out there? Uh, I was trying to aim it towards me instead of down, but <laughs> he broke it. <laughs> By the carpenter. We have an issue out here. We have a technical issue going on. Hey, why why we're fixing this technical issue? It says, uh, Mike, what's your favorite time of the year to fish and why? And it's from Timothy. Timothy, I'm going to have to say my favorite time of the year to fish, without a doubt, 
is the spring um, because there's so many things going on. The fish are in transition. You can catch them deep. You can catch them mid-depth. You can catch them shallow. Uh, the spring is also a great time to fish because they're big. The big gals. The big gals, Bry. You know what I'm saying? The big gals. Do I need to come out there and fix this mic? I think you need to come out here. No, it's fine. <laughs> the mic's fine, dude. Brian, go I take can hold care it of it, man. Like the, do, you, do you know how to take care of that mic? Brian the Carpenter, right there. Come can on, you man. come out here and fix this? It's so much come easier on. to just do this. No, he's going to tear it up. <laughs> it's going to be non-usable for next next time we have a show. Oh, sorry. Please come out and fix this thing. All right, hey, let's go. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Jared in Kentucky. Ike. Jared, go ahead, man. Jared. Hey, Ike, how you doing? What's up? What's hey, man, on? just curious. So what's your predictions on the Classic this year? You, with the recent cold weather, do you think it'll uh, push things offshore? Do you think the fish will still be shallow? What are you expecting? It's a good question, man. Um, it, it, it's definitely a lot colder winter than traditionally in that part of Alabama. Um, you know, the interesting thing is I think the colder it is, the more they'll be off the bank a little bit. The warmer it is, the more they're going to push. But about weights, man, here's the funny thing about Gunnersville. If it's 20 degrees, they're still gonna, it's going to take 25 to 30 pounds a day to win. If it's 50 degrees, it's going to take that same kind of weight. So it don't so matter. It don't matter. The, the weights aren't going to change. Now, now, the areas will change a little bit, for sure. With your limited practice, how do you, how do you eliminate water? Because that's, you know, that's a lot of water. It's not... You know, it's not zero to six foot, it's yeah. zero to 18 foot. Now, how do you do that? Not a yeah, the, the biggest thing for me, you know, is um, I'm going to go back there and I'm going to concentrate on the areas that have the biggest flats. Even when they're not on the flats, it's always important to fish around the biggest flats because that's going to be your biggest concentration of fish. So, you know, if it's more on the cold side, I'm going to start out and work my way in. If it's more on the warm side, I'm going to start in and work my way out. That's always a good way to break the lake down. Well, man, I appreciate it, and good luck to you down there this year. And good, good luck question, this year. man. Appreciate it. Right, good luck, man. Luck. Good luck. I hope you have a lot of luck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got cookies. Uh, we've got a snack tray. <laughs> I ate one of those cookies. They were good. <laughs> cookies. Uh, special shout-out to Murray State University. What's up? How you doing? Uh, War Pig said, would you look at that? Uh, would you just look at it? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple questions coming in about about bowling, Ed. By, about what? Bowling? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The bowling with the ball. Yeah, bowling. Definitely. Uh, what about it? I don't know. There's all these comments. It might be because of the pin behind your head there. Yeah. Bowling. Absolutely. Bowling pins. Yeah. Okay. To answer your question, bowling. Uh, good question from Lee Pennington about the MLF. What's my thoughts on the MLF? You ever watch any of that stuff, Major League Fishing? What do you think about it? No, I haven't. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, no, I can't answer because I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> not going to make up. <laughs> Mark, what do you think about Major League Fishing? It's badass. You like I it? I like it a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's different. It's not the typical format. It's uh, something new to the sport. You yeah. know, it's a little... There's a lot of trash talking that goes on. Oh, wait a minute. Is that the two teams? No. No? Total, Which one is it? It's Major League Fishing. Anything about it, it's every fish counts. Yeah. As long as it's a keeper, you put it on the board. And everybody and knows what everybody else has. Yeah. Who hosts it? Who hosts it? It's like Roland Martin or Jimmy Scott Houston Martin, or Scott Martin? Orlando no. Wilson. No. <laughs> Orlando Wilson. Yeah, no, it's Gattaback Addis, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. 
I thought it was Marty Stone. Oh, it is Marty Stone. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Marty Stalfer. It's Marty Stalfer. That's unbelievable. All right. Hey, let's go to the phones. Jeremiah from Wisconsin. Jeremiah, hey, go ahead, man. Hey, Ike. How you doing, man? Big fan. How you doing? Uh, Ed, sorry, not so much, but... Uh, no problem. I was start with Federation, and uh, you also qualified to the Classic through the Opens. Uh, we talked about this quite a bit. Do you feel that uh, the Bassmaster Classic is more or should be an Elite Series championship, or do you feel that there should be allowances and, and uh, ways to get into it through different uh, avenues, such as the and, and the Opens and college fishing? Well, you got to look at it Mac's way. Mac? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, uh, it, it's tough because I'm on both sides of the coin. You know, my first classic was through the Federation, and I think letting an aspiring pro that's worked to, you know, literally through the whole country for one or two slots, I think that's okay. At the same time, you know, now 15 years later on the elite side, I, I kind of think it should be the cream of the crop. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's a right answer, but I, I, I think that the field should be limited. I don't ever see the classic getting to like 80 people. It should be around that 40 to 50 number. I think a majority of that 40 to 50 number should come through the elites, should come through the true professional ranks. Um, in saying that, you know, fishing's unique. It's not baseball. It's not football. It's not golf. Uh, we're able to do some things that other professional sports can't do. And why not give a few amateurs a shot? So I know I really didn't answer that for you, but I kind of kind of on both sides of the coin. But that was a great question. I kind of think it should be the cream of the Appreciate it. Thanks, Dad. Yes, sir. What do you think about that, Mark? Classic. All pros? It's not my gig. You know, you're the ones that are that are dedicated to everything that's taking place and spending all the money and putting in the hard-earned time and paying your dues. Yeah. You know, I, I think it needs to be the Elite Series guys, and that's it. That's just me. All right? They have their opportunity. They have their, their platform to showcase their skills. And I, I'm a big believer in the minor leagues, man. I talk about it all the time. Create the minor leagues to where it builds up to the big leagues. And then you hold down people like him. <laughs> Ed, how did you get started fishing? Seriously. <clears throat> Honestly, uh, the first time I fished, well, I was like six, maybe seven years old. Um, live bait. Uh, just fishing in a creek behind the house. And... Ever since then, I was hooked. Yeah. <laughs> hooked, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I started, like, strictly bass fishing when I was probably 17 or 18. And that's when I was just lures, and I don't I don't really live bait at all, hardly. Yeah. That's, that's how I started. I hope that answers somebody's question if they were interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, let's go to Chris in North Carolina. Chris, go ahead. Chris, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Mike? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I got a, I got a three-part question for you. Shoot. First question is how much uh, how much confidence do you put in the color of a hard bait? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, color for me, man. Um, there's two things at work. You know, the first thing is when I'm picking color. If it's a hard bait, if it's a salt bait, spinner bait, I don't care. I'm thinking about uh, matching the hatch, man. I'm real big on that, which is basically all that means is what are the fish feeding on naturally in the environment? I'm trying to mimic that. That's a real important thing for me to do. If it's shad, silvers, and whites. If it's bluegill, you know, the, the browns, the greens. If it's crawfish, the orange. You know, I'm always trying to mimic 
like the natural forage. The second part of that is confidence, man. You can never outrule that factor, which is, you know, I've got a handful of, of colors, uh, the Rapala DT, Ike's Custom Ink colors I designed. I'm confident in those colors, and they're the colors I go to. So think about your forage and, and have confidence. Uh, second part, do you still throw your icons that uh, Kelly Barefoot made you? That's or designed a, for you, or you designed for him? Yeah, that's it. Still use those bad boys? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the neat thing about where I'm at right now in my career is I get to work with these great companies like, like uh, Rapala and Berkeley and design these awesome products, but I'm a, still a big believer in custom baits, a lot of old school baits, and I still have them in my box, and, and there are times when I pull those things out in certain situations, and, and, and they can be really good baits. Great questions, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, can I answer a question, please? Yes, yeah. you can. Hey, uh, Fly by Family asked, um, how do I pump myself up before a prank, and how do I stay so chill? Well, honestly, I'm not. I'm never pumped up. I'm always like very anxious. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel before tournaments too. It's kind of the same. Sorta. Of. Yeah. No, it is a little bit. Do you? Re- no, dude. No, I'm serious. No, you don't get anxious, dude. Do you? Well, you a get. Little bit. You don't get nervous though. Ah, I, I've I've gotten nervous before. But see, I get nervous in a way like I think my nervous thoughts are that I don't want to get shot because we do a lot of pranks in Philly, and that's the first <laughs> thing I always think about is getting shot. Like one prank we were discussing about doing. Uh, it involves something that I think I could get shot for. And I said, I don't know if I want to do that. So that's, if you do that in Beverly Hills, it won't matter. But it's in Philly. In Beverly Hills, they'll have somebody shoot you. They won't do it themselves. They'll actually hire somebody. Yeah, they'll hire somebody. What about a vest? Uh, 50 cents, though. I'm actually, serious. actually, I was offered a bulletproof vest for this video. I really? Swear, yeah. I always told there's a bulletproof If you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, there's a bulletproof vest involved if I do do the prank, if I want it. Wow. <laughs> no. Is your wife so happy? No. I don't think I'm doing it. We were, we're switching roles. <laughs> wow. All right, let's go to Kevin in Texas. Kevin, go ahead. Hey, Ike, man. What's going on, brother? How are you tonight? Good, man. I don't know. You should remember me. I was your marshal in Orange. Okay. Not when I. Not when we stuck the boat on the bank. Oh, hell yeah. You were? Yeah, man. First of all, let me tell you, thanks for not suing me. I really appreciate that. Dude, you do. Man, i tell you what. Let me tell you this right now. I got on a... You know that phone that's in that Facebook page, Get Large Now? No. Anyways, I liked it, and my buddy was telling me about it, so I liked it, and people were trash-talking because they posted a picture, so I got on there, and I tried to explain there was nothing that been done to avoid that. You couldn't see the log. Right. You know? Yeah. And it, it just blows my mind how the opinion of people are saying that you were hauling butt, and that's what you get for going 75, and you're... A maniac on the water, but you know the people weren't there, and it, and it, and it kind of yeah. makes me want to. There was nothing that could. That's my opinion on it. You y'all have slapped him, is what y'all did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I avoided it, you know. Yeah. I mean? 
I know. I know. It, it's it's tough, man. Cause I, I hear you. I, I you know had I've seen a lot of the same comments since that happened, and you know it's tough. I, I think people don't realize it's an accident. You know what I mean? Ac- right. That's an accident. Right. Like I compare it to a car accident. It happens so quick. You know. So right. uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's it's in in the sport of fishing. You know, it stuff happens all the time. You know, you're in you're in waterways that aren't aren't marked. You know, that stuff's going to happen, man. It's just that's the kind of thing. We came out of it safe. You know, when we hit that bank, you know, that's the first thing I was worried about. We're okay. Didn't care about the boat. You know, that can be replaced. You know, and it. And, you know, that's what I that's what I tell everybody. They say, well, what was he worried about? I said, man, maybe the, the only things that could come out of his mouth was, are you okay? Yeah. And he asked me. I mean, and, and that was the cool thing. You weren't worried about the boat. Hell, you he said a boat can be replaced. Boat, boat, and, yeah, boat can be replaced, man. And and that's those things happen. And you just you you put it behind you, and you and you got to be thankful that we made it out, you know. And uh, oh, yeah. and we get to fish another day. Right on, man. But I got a question for you. Yes, sir. And I don't know if you're gonna be able to comment on this, but I watched the episode just to see if we were gonna be on there, and apparently we yeah, we were. But the deal with Rojas. And Alton Jones, what's your opinion on bass air and that? Oh, great, great question, man. Great question. And uh, for everybody that doesn't know exactly what we're talking about here, there's, you know, there was an altercation in a tournament, um, and Dean Rojas and Alton ended up in the same area, you know, kind of vying for the same fish. And and you know that stuff happens all the time. That wasn't that particular event. This happens every single tournament we fish where two guys find the same fish and and you know so here's my take on it there's an unwritten rule and it's super gray but the unwritten rule says you know if you have an area you found an area the first day and you had it by yourself technically the rest of the field should let you have that area so so, yeah so my, my take on it is look if they both were in there the first day and they both found those fish then they both have the right to be there if Dean was in there the first day by himself and Alton came in the second or third day, then I think Dean has a right to ask Alton to leave. That's my thought on it. Um, you know, that stuff happens on the water all the time, and, and you got to figure out ways to deal with it. But uh, appreciate the question, man. Awesome question. Thank you very much for calling. It's good to hear from you. Hey, you too, brother. Good luck this year. Okay, Ed, I'm thinking about taking this opportunity to do some yoga. Are you interested? Yeah, man. Okay. Sure. Can we do yoga? Can we do yoga? How you doing, boss? You okay? How are you going to do yoga? I don't know. Can we can we clear off the table and do some yoga? Do it on the table. <laughs> Is it possible? I don't know. If we I, uh, call the carpenter. Brian, can we do yoga? I do. Okay. Greg, listen. I had to shut the phone down. I went down. Can I answer one quick question? I'm yeah. sorry. Greg, uh, my neighbor, he's watching. Can you do me a favor and just leave my key in my mailbox? Thank you. Because right. <laughs> my texts aren't going through, so... Ed, what's next for you? Um, we're going to just... No, I mean I, next. Like, what's the next big thing for you? The next big thing, I don't know, dude. Like, people always ask, when are you going to get your own show? When are you going to get your own show? And there's just so much involved with it. And the biggest the biggest thing I'm finding is uh, it's hard to keep your creativity uh, or at least your um, control over it. In, in getting involved with these production companies that want to start shows. So it's really hard to, it's like really, it's been a long path. I mean, I've signed a lot of, almost signed a lot of contracts and signed a few contracts. And 
I don't know. I don't know what the next big thing is other than I, I'd like to get involved with an existing TV show, but uh, I don't know if I want my own TV show at this point. Right. Like, I'm kind of dragging my feet with that because there's been offers and there's been uh, some promising-looking opportunities, but I don't want to take that chance yet Right. because YouTube right now is... Um, I have full control over the YouTube, and I can do what I want to do, and I love that. So, yeah. to me, that's I'm I'm fine with. Yeah. Is it a network thing? Is it because of the networks that have offered uh, stuff? Well, it's like uh, character rights. They, uh, you know, they want in on your YouTube and your intellectual properties, like yeah. all my different characters, and it's like I don't want to give those up. And but I've seen YouTube guys, uh, you know get involved with TV shows that you knew this person was funny, but the show wasn't funny. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And once that happens, it's kind of hard. It's like, all right, nobody wants to touch you again. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I don't want to test. I don't know if I want to test. The so one. you don't want to be damaged goods then? Yeah. <laughs> I'm damaged goods. <laughs> I've been damaged You're goods. You're 42, before. though. But if the right opportunity came up and I knew it, like, and I felt it 100%, like... I would. I've been telling Mike for like three years that we should start a show because he's got a huge bass fishing following. I got a following on YouTube comedy, and I think there's something there. I mean, I haven't been able to like pinpoint 100%, but there hasn't been anything done about bass fishing, any reality shows or movies. Um, They've so, done fishing ones. They've been horrible. Yeah, but I mean, nothing substantial. Yeah, there's nothing there's that, been that, some bad ones. I matters. mean, they, they had one. What was it on? Uh, Net Geo. They had one on Net Geo. Yeah. They had one on the Weather Channel. Exactly. Like, of all play. I mean, what are you doing watching this on the Weather Channel? Yeah. So I, I just think that if we if we work together somehow, we can do something. And that, that's you know what we were talking about earlier, uh, possibly. Um, we're trying to do it, man. We're trying to do something. and uh, Something's going to happen. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it all the way down to my plums. Yeah. i, I got to ask Ed this. How many altercations have you had? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, numerous? <laughs> numerous? Yeah. No, serious. Where people are just pissed yeah, off <laughs> and, and, and they want to kick your ass. Uh it happens a lot. You know, sometimes it doesn't get caught on film. Uh, there was a guy on uh, Hollywood Boulevard that I was afraid of, man. I thought he was going to, like, kill us because uh, we pranked him, and, and he was threatening us, and he was he was a pretty big dude. Um, there was another guy who swung at me but didn't hit me. Um, I've been smacked. A guy in Target smacked me. That was on Vine. I know a lot of you guys saw the Vine. Yeah. Uh, I went up behind a guy, and he smacked me in the face. Uh but I've been lucky. I haven't been knocked out yet. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I think that's the next step that needs to happen. All right, what's, the, what's the instant feedback doing, Mike? Uh, we've got so many questions. A lot coming for Ed. Ed, here's one from Carl. says, do you like cheese? I love cheese. Love cheese. It's not good for you, Carl. Uh, let me tell you something about cheese, Carl. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cheese. There's another one that says, Ed, your crotch is glowing. <laughs> is it glowing? Brian! Brian the Carpenter, why is his crotch glowing? That ain't cool. Put some shoes on. Get some comments about the socks. They are dirty. I have a habit of putting my socks. <laughs> There's snow on the ground, too, and you got socks on. I, I got them out of the sock drawer. Why the heck are these things dirty? It's all right. What's up, Brian? What are you looking for? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Are you learning how to punch all the buttons, Brian? Oh, man, I'm watching. You're all over it, aren't you? the bar high, man. You're all over it. He's all over it, Ike. I got that. No worries on the next show. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Uh-huh. All right, so I think at this point, this is a really good time to break to the next segment. 
And Mark, the next segment is? Well, it depends on what you want to throw down. Are we going to do the fan feedback? I think it's I think it's time to do the fan feedback. I I want can I address something real quick because yes. I know I'm going and I saw I saw all the tweets I saw all the questions all every single one of them I will answer that when we come back. <laughs> Break the commercial. I had one freaking question. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We need a theme song. Where's a theme song? Can we can we play a theme song? For him? No, just something. We need like a theme song. Like a, Are you uh, still live? Yeah, we're yeah. live. We need like a departing theme song. Ed, what do you want? Do you want a song? Do you have any ideas for a song? Uh, Give me a song, Ed. Put on some. Uh, what do you have? Like, what you, you have tell me. To? I'll see if I got it. <laughs> Man of War. What? Man of War. Let's let's see. Metallica. Can, Rebecca, can you hand over a few of those albums right behind you? Hand that whole stack over here. Let's see what we've got. How about Fade to Black, Metallica? If you got it, it's a good fade can you out hand song. Them to me? Uh, Okay. Here's give me some. Give me some else. Well, here's the game. <laughs> he won't know that. I'm gonna show you an album cover, and All right, I'll you try. just tell me the first thing I'll that try. comes to your mind. Okay, I'll you try. ready? Airlines. Tour de France, Kraftwerk. Airlines. Yep. Air France. Cookie. Eric B and Rakim. Yep. Cookie. Third base, step to the AM. Levels. <laughs> Many levels, right? The guy in there knows about levels. <laughs> Diggable planets. Yep. Sabertooth tigers. <laughs> that was it. Ah! Cypress Hill. Jelly rolls. <laughs> and the last one is? Monopoly. Tribe Call Quest. Monopoly. What was the game? I don't know. I was just looking for, <laughs> I was just looking for something to do. Hey, if you're that guy out there that still had that question for me, I'm going to get to it. As soon as we get back, we're going to be going to a break soon. I'm going to get back on my phone, find that question, and answer that. I'm going to get that after this. Okay. Ed, you need to do a fish show with Ike. We talked about that. Yes. <laughs> there it goes. I had to find something. That's your departing music, Ed. Is he a headbanger? Ed? I'm everything. I like everything. Everything. Okay. Hip hop, rap, old hip hop mostly. You could actually, might, you might be able to kick a rap to this. Holy diver. <laughs> Holy diver. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me down. All right, Mark. What do you got? What uh, we're gonna do the? Uh, let's see here. We got fan feedback. Okay. You want to do that? Let's do some fan feedback. Oh, we got a question. Oh, I got, yeah. Okay. Uh, Brian Davis killing it with Mike. Fun stuff to watch and listen. Fave Lake or River in MI? Is that Minnesota or Michigan? MI. Minnesota. Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we had to look at the school teacher to figure that out. So you would know that. I wouldn't know that. I've never fished in Michigan. I'm going to say uh, Lake Papawasis. Lake Papawasis? Lake Papawasis. It's about a 3,000-acre lake. I mean, just load it chock full of yellow perch. Actually, I have fished Papadopoulos. That's in Missouri? It's in oh, Upper MI State. Is Missouri, isn't it? It's in the Upper, oh, it's in the upper Midwest, but over by the Metropolitan. Is that you have the teacher here? That's why she's there, to okay. answer all our, our hard questions. She's going to be answering a lot of questions. 
That's third base. A shopping list. Can they still hear me if I talk they over this? Still, That's yeah. cool. Uh, Chris Chukig something uh, asks if I'll do a shopping list prank with mediocre films. Sure. I love Greg. I'm a fan of Greg. Although every time uh, I go out there, we seem to never connect because um, my schedule's so screwed up when I go out there. It's so tight because I have to film a certain amount of videos in five days. Right. And I have friends out there that are YouTube guys that we want to collab together. And I got to get that done. So it's, it's hard, you know. But yeah. That was the answer. <laughs> All right, let's that do this. That was the answer. Here, we're going to take like a 60-second break and come oh, back okay. with Pete. Okay. I remember Same second break. Come back with Pete. Mike Iaconelli, we're back. We took a little water break. And if you notice, look to my right, and Ed looks a little different. <laughs> it's good to be here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's not Ed. Uh, Pete Klusik. Uh, how you doing, Pete? Man, I'm doing great. Congratulations on Ike Live. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're here. So, for everybody that doesn't know, this is going to be a permanent part of this show every month. And we're doing a little little segment here. It's a tip of the month segment. And it's brought to you by the Bash University, which you know a lot about. Well, we've been doing it, I guess we. this is our fifth year now. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a good ride. You know, I'm sitting here, we're doing Ike Live, and... You and I have been, we go back a long way. Yeah. You know, it's been, geez, 15 years or so. And um, back then, when we got started, I have something I, I want to show you out of my Spider-Man tackle box. That's a hot box, by the way. My son, <laughs> my son Jake made me uh, made me bring that, and um, 
I'm sure I'm sure he's watching at home. Okay. But many years ago, before all this fame and and you know, we were struggling. Right? We were. You know, we were battling for sponsorships and, you know, trying to get ahead in the tournament trail. Yep. And and uh, it was hard work, and we didn't really know what was going to happen next to us as uh, as I picked up a crankbait along with this little little deal. But as I was uh, as I was going through my uh, my garage, I stumbled onto something, and uh, I was going to actually save it and pawn it. But uh, <laughs> I thought I might give it to you for the show because you said you had this beautiful background with all this this memorabilia yeah. stuff and what this is is before it all happened 2003 credential for the bassmaster classic this is the original i had it wow uh, isn't that cool check it out you're kidding me that's the real deal where the heck did you have this thing uh you know can you get a zoom in on that <laughs> get a zoom on that can we zoom in on that for everybody to see Want me to bring it down? Let's see if we can get a shot of that, Pete. Look at that thing. Look at that. I don't know if everybody can see that too good. That's a decent shot. That's actually a credential from the year that I won the Classic. That's it. That's before it all happened. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's an amazing gift. Thank you for doing that. Oh, it's, it's, it was really cool, you know. I mean, when that happened, you know, we were... You know, we didn't know you were going to win the Classic. Yeah. You know, so we were down there and uh, working our sponsor booths, doing our deal, and uh, everything changed after that, you know. We it had, did. It did. Remember, it really changed. We had that big trophy in the hotel room, and, and there was like six of us staying in that hotel room, <laughs> capitalizing on your free room. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I'll never forget, man. Like, uh, I think it was the day after that tournament was over, and, you know, we had all been celebrating that night. And the next morning, I had to go out and do a photo shoot. When I finally got back, everybody was kind of all crashed out, and I got back to the hotel room, and I looked, and there was the trophy sitting on that on that dresser and it had like a dirty pair of underwear or something (laughs) it was a shame the classic trophy was in that scenario (laughs) that's a true story i hate to admit that but that's a true story man those were the days that's uh that that's amazing and i i vividly remember that the other interesting thing about that was on the drive back from that tournament i don't know if you remember we drive drove all the way home uh you and I and John McGraw drove home, and we really like strategized in that 20-hour drive on some of the things that might happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wild to look back, and we didn't know what the heck we were doing back then, <laughs> and we were able to uh, able to turn some really cool cool things in, into into business projects and make them happen. It's interesting. It is, and that's you know that's where it all started, and you know now since then you've got the Angler of the Year title. We started Bash University. Um, now in our fifth season, Ike Live. You know who who knows what's next. I know Bash University TV is is, is coming up and is a new project that we're going to work on together. Yeah. Um, you know who knew back Crazy. in 2003 when you were still wearing your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> let me throw that. Let me throw this at my wife. Would you have married me back then? Take a look at that. Let's see. She wouldn't have married me back then. She likes the rugged beard apparently. Mm-hmm. Hey man. 
man, let, let's jump into it. So in this section, Pete, every month we're going to get together and we're going to take these questions from the fans through the Bash University website, uh, through this, this site, and we're going to try to give them a little bit of information. But this is just a piece of what they can get at the Bash University. This is just it's a piece a, of it. They got it up. There it goes. <laughs> Look at that, folks. There it goes. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but... Uh, Wow. That's amazing. You sure that's me? That looks like Mike Shanker. Is that me? <laughs> okay. So let's start taking some questions. Uh, I, I'm going to just pull the first one, and we've got a question from Kevin. And they said, what's your best rigging tip for a drop shot rig? And I know you love fishing a drop shot rig for smallmouth. You do. What's your best rigging tip for a drop shot? You know, I, I got to be honest. I, I really, I like those Spintech hooks. I've really uh, acquired that um, or started using that, that hook in my fishing. Because one of the biggest problems you get with the drop shot is as you're reeling it up, you get a tremendous amount of line twist. Yeah. And that, that hook's been amazing for me to, you know, just kind of eliminate that. But, uh, but uh, you know, my number one bait on it is is got to be a, a wacky rig Senko, especially when you're dealing with smallmouth, I mean that bait just kills them. It catches big ones, uh, and it, it it'll catch those fish you see on your sonar. Uh, that that you know, and the Berkeley Gulp products, you know, when the scent is such a big factor. But uh, but those those are two of the biggest features I use on my drop shot. Yeah, we got another question real quick from Brian, and Brian wants to know. He's from Pittsburgh, by the way, Three Rivers. He wants to know what's the first thing you look for in a river situation in a current situation well current current is key i mean we live on the delaware river and it's got about a six mile an hour current so you know having to fish that all the time you you learn things about current but what the the first thing i look at is you know the seasonal pattern that the fish are in and how the current relates to that for instance i heard you mention earlier when uh you were talking with ed about getting out of the current yeah uh, and how that's important this time of year in the winter right yeah. so once the spawn is over with we'll we're going to do we're going to jump right back into the current yeah and and follow that current so the current's either going to it's either going to push the bait you know this time of year out of it or or it's going to pull that bait into it when the water starts warming and the fish are going to go wherever the bait goes so that's the number one thing is i read that current on a river system that's going to drive the food chain up and down the river yeah we had a question from brandon that says simple question says how do you feel about the jigging pig i love it <laughs> I love it! Love it! Uh, that's an easy one, the answer. We got a call, Mark? Yeah, let's go to uh, Nathan from Missouri. Let's go ahead, Nathan. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, Nathan, how are you tonight? I'm doing just fine. How about you? I'm good. What's your question, man? Well, I'm a junior angler from Missouri, going into my fifth year tournament. And man, you're absolutely my my guy, man. You've been my idol for, I mean, since I saw my first tournament back in like 2009. I was wondering if you had any like tips for me, because I one of these days, man, I want to be right where you are. Hey, thank you. First of all, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I've got a lot of tips. I've got a couple, and then I'll pass it over to Pete. Uh, you, you know, the biggest thing, I think, is to fish a lot, to fish as much as you can and to go out of your way to learn techniques that you're not good at. You know, when I when I was younger, when I was coming up through the Federation, I really tried to work on stuff that I sucked at. 
that sounds kind of weird, but you know, man, there there were certain things I loved to do. I loved to throw a worm. I loved to fish plastics, but I sucked at a crankbait. I sucked at a spinnerbait, and I went out of my way to work on those techniques. As you start to climb that ladder and you start to get outside of your local area, man, you're going to encounter water types and situations where you've got to know how to fish every bait out there, so you got to learn them all. So start doing that now. What do you got, Pete? I mean, uh, that's that's great advice, and you know, a lot of people think, you know, you got to you got to have a you know fifty thousand dollar bass boat to get out and work on these techniques. But you know, I'll be honest, I, I learned most of my techniques fishing the, the farm ponds and little small bodies of water around my house. Uh, we have a lot of them here in New Jersey. You know, even in, even in the commercial and industrial parks, we have these little ponds that are stocked with bass. Yeah. You know, so you know you don't you want to learn your weakness or practice a strength or practice a technique. You can just take one rod, rig with that specific uh, force lure, yourself. Lure and force yourself to use it. And force yourself, and in yeah. in just a couple hours, you can work that particular body of water, and uh, and feel what it's like to trigger strikes on that body of water, and and that's so. That's so important. You don't have to have a whole day. You don't have to have a big boat. You can learn this stuff right right in your backyard. Great question, man. Appreciate your question. All right, man. Thank you. You know, good luck this year, man. I hope you do well. Yes, sir. That was a good question. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's so great to see these kids that are really, you know, embracing the sport. And, you know, I got to give you a lot of credit for that, bringing a lot of these youngsters in. I think that's great uh, in helping expand the sport. We're seeing the the high school teams, so many of them, the college programs. uh, even They're even giving college scholarships for bass fishing. Wouldn't that have been cool to have that? That would have been unbelievable. Yeah, we didn't have any of that back when we were young. Nah, nah, the first scholarships are going out already uh, for kids. Kids that are participating in those programs. We see them at our university classes all the time. It's great to see. Yeah. We got another question from Kaz, and Kaz asked, How do you feel about jigging spoons? That's actually a good question for this time of the year. Uh, man, I, I gotta tell you, Pete, for me a, a jigging spoon is, is probably at the bottom of my <laughs> of my favorite lures to throw. But there is a time when they're effective. Uh, you know, I guess deep vertical conditions when you get around bait, you know, that's when I'm using them a lot. Um, um, you know, a jigging spoon to me is at its best in vertical situations. When those fish get deep, when you can see them on the graph, that's when I'm throwing a spoon. I would have to agree. I, I, I have. I would put it. You know, it's it's a it, it's a lure that when it's effective, it seems like it's the only thing that can generate the strikes. And yeah. a lot of times that can be in real cold water. Um, most of the time, I, you know, it's kind of a lower percentage bait. You, there's other t- tools to access the fish in most situations that that are better. But you know, there's a time and a place for it. You know, I know I remember a tournament in Lake George that we fished as part of the federation where we were catching fish on old school one ounce Hopkins. Uh, shorty jigging yeah. spoons on a brake line that went from 90 to 100 feet of water. Wow. And we were catching two and a half pound smallmouth. I never, can you imagine 90 feet that's, of water? That's deep. I know they do it I, out west a lot, you know, that's, pretty deep. That's that's too deep for me. I, I can't even think about <laughs> 90 feet of water. Uh, we got one more question. We got a question from James Keeler, and James asked, how do you break down an expansive grass flat, especially in the backwater? 
Man, that, that's a good question. And, and uh, you know, for me, when I get in an area where there's a huge grass flat, you know, I'm always looking for change. You know, that's the way that I break it down. And, um, you know, I'm idling through with my graph, and I'm visually looking for any change or break in that grass. I know that, I mean, it's super important. Change is a key word in the world of bass fishing. And grass beds, that's a, that's a thing that gets a lot of guys. You know, you look at these miles of grass beds. Where do I start? I tell you, there's there's a couple things. Change is, is key you know especially bottom change like depth change under the you know grass yeah uh, that's that's real key rocks inside there's real key but really where i get started i start at the beginnings of a grass bed and the ends of a grass bed great places to get started two other really good places are are the really thickest part of a, a particular grass bed or or the thinnest parts and i really like the thinnest parts because the thinnest parts a lot of times mean that there's something under there that's creating that or preventing that grass bed from growing dense in that area. Yeah. A lot of times it's wood, rock, or, or something on the yep. bottom that's unique. Yeah. So little deviation. Yeah. Little break in it. Th- those those are great places. In inside edges and outside edges. Yeah. You know they're 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 great places to start. But it's uh you know that's what you're looking for is a, is some kind of change. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to Chad in New Jersey. Chad, go ahead. Hi, Mike. Uh, I got two questions for you. Uh, how's my phone line working? I installed, and what is your thoughts on Union Lake and the Marsh River here in South Jersey? Oh, I like the second part of the question. Uh, Union Lake, Maurice River, I love them, man. Um, Union Lake is, is a lake I've fished since I was a kid, and uh, it's got a lot of diversity for South Jersey Lake. Uh, I love the fact that it's got deep water, because, you know, deep water in South Jersey is, is rare. You know, and a lot of these lakes, uh, a lot of the, the lakes that me and Pete grew up on, if you could find four or five foot of water, that was deep water. And so, you know, a, a lake like Union Lake gives you a chance to fish in the depths that you can't normally fish in South Jersey. So I love Union and, and the river. You know, all the tributaries of the Delaware Bay and the Delaware River are, are phenomenal. Um, and, and, you know, learning to, to deal with fish that are, that are tide-related. You know, for the Maurice, I can tell you that for me, I always like that outgoing tide. I like the last two hours of outgoing. I like the first hour of incoming. And that's what I'll really focus in on a majority of the year is concentrating on that low water. You know, people call it running the tides. But, you know, you stick to that low water, and it's going to position the fish more. You know, on that high water, they're spread out throughout the system. As that water gets down, those last couple hours of outgoing, they really get on pieces of cover, you know, where you can you know? There's a pretty big tide swing on the Morris River, too. I big mean, tide it, swing. Yeah, so it's really going to push them into those areas. But I, they're, they're two of my favorites. I wish I had spent more time on you, like, be honest with you, growing the up. The 9 9 killer. That's what it was. You know, I didn't have the 9 9. I had trolling motors, and then I went to the big boat. I didn't have that 9 9. So I didn't get to spend as much time there as I would have liked. But uh, but the time I spent there, you know, I really enjoyed it. especially like fishing that summer pattern up in the back of, of Union Lake when, yeah. the, when that cool. Well, Water kind of draws draws them in. The eagle's nest, yeah, you know it, you know it. <laughs> I love it. Good, good question, man. We appreciate it. All right, so thank you. Here's we got something else here for everybody. This is a really cool part of the show. This is tied into the Bash University. This is tied into Ike's tackle box a little bit. TW. And we're gonna do a tackle warehouse trivia 
question of the day. Trivia question right. of the day. And we've got a really good question. And, Pete, I know you know the answer to this one. And so we're going to do it, and we're going to take callers for this one, Mark. So let's make sure we get the number back up there, the toll-free number that you can call. And the first caller to get this right, the first caller to get this question right is going to get a Tackle Warehouse hat along with a Tackle Warehouse gift card and sticker. And the gift card is $25 gift card at Tackle Warehouse. Think about that. Am I eligible for this? You're not eligible for this. And so (laughs) the question is, in what year did Paul Elias win the Bassmaster Classic? In what year did Paul Elias win the Bassmaster Classic? First one to get that is going to be the winner. We've got the 1-800 number is up on the screen for these guys to call. And, Pete, I know you know the answer. We just had Paul Elias at a Bass University class. Man, it was, I tell you, it was really unique. I've I fished around Paul for, geez, 15, 18 years now, and you know I've known him. But I got a chance to visit with Paul uh, at our uh, Bass University program, and, and we sat for a couple hours talking about you know fishing, his tournament successes and life and how it relates to fishing. He's, he's really a, a great guy, a great champion. And uh, it was a great story because, as a matter of fact, he told me this the story of exactly how he won he won that classic it's funny that you should be asking that question is it because you have a beard now like well, he was wearing when he won the classic well why we're talking about Paul Ice's <laughs> beard and i know i know we've got some producers in there multitasking but can we get a close up here real quick can we get a close up let me just hold on can we get a close up while i'm combing this baby out so creepy <laughs> Oh, I had a burr there. There it goes. I thought something was going to fly out what? of there. You were awkwardly quiet right there. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but um, when Paul had the old beard, yep. one of the really cool things... Oh, wait, here it goes. How can I get in there? There it goes. It's just weird. It is weird. One of the really cool things about Paul's beard was he actually used to have sparrows that would burrow into his beard and nest. I mean, he had it so long. It was the 80s. So, you know, back then, people didn't shower a lot to begin with. In the 80s. In the 80s, people didn't shower a lot. So Paul had the beard. Hey, I'm a guy from the 80s. Come on, I grew up in the 80s. I showered all the time. All right, well, I might just be talking about Paul. But he had, anyway, he had birds nesting his beard. So the question was, in what year did Paul Lies win the Bassmaster Classic? I think we have a winner. Is that right? That is right. Okay. We we have a winner. We have a winner. And, Pete, you want to say what year? 1982. 1982, Paul Elias won the Bassmaster Classic. We're going to go to Baylor in Texas. Baylor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Baylor. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. What's your question, man? Oh, he's the winner. Oh, you're the winner? Yes. You don't need a question question when you're the winner. (laughs) I don't know. I do have a question. What's your question, man? Uh, I have a high school bass fishing tournament on Sam Rayburn on March 1st. Any tips? Ooh. 
Rayburn at Birch, man. Yeah, I have a few tips. I, it's been a, a little bit since I fished Rayburn, uh, but March it, it, on that lake and a lot of Texas lakes is really synonymous with fish, you know, moving up to spawn. Uh, you know, for me, I like to, to catch the fish that are coming and going. That's my favorite way to catch them. And so, you know, the, the bait that I really lean toward is a shallow running style crankbait or a vibrating style bait, uh, a Rapala ripping wrap. Uh, there's a new bait by Rapala that just came out. It's called a scatter wrap, and they've got it in a new shallow size. It's, it's got this really weird kind of side-to-side action. And, and what I'm really looking for is I'm looking to fish the grass lines outside of the spawning flats. And then in that grass line, we talked about earlier a little bit, is finding those irregularities. You know, and a lot of times on Rayburn and Fork and Toledo, they're little ditches. You know, and and I know you've you've caught some giants in Toledo fishing that vibrating style bait on those on those ditches. And that's that's what I would look for for sure. Yeah. Then well, of course, everybody knows about Rayburn Red. You know, and it's still you know generally so many big fish that time of year. But one of the surprising things for for that time of year when the water's cold and those fish are pulling up, one of the, one of the real effective tools is, has gotten to be a swim bait. I love to fish a swim bait mixed in with those lipless baits that time of year. It seems like the, you'll catch the big ones on one or the other uh, as yeah. they're, as they're pulling up. But those depressions are key because that's where they're going to stage up. That's where they're going to you know that's going to be the highway that they use up to to find their spawning areas. Yeah. Great question, man, and good good answer. Good, good job answering Good that. luck in your tournament. Yeah, hey, Baylor, hang on, because i got to get uh, some info from you, okay? All right. All right. Speaking of swim bait, you mentioned swim bait. I know it's one of your favorite, and I know you've been eyeballing this over the last couple weeks uh, at our Bash University classes. While I'm here, let me pull this out of here. This is power bait. Let me, let me get one of these out of here. What do you think about the smell of power bait? Well, it's a it's classic smell, man. <laughs> it's a classic scent. It's been it, around forever and ever. Let's give everybody a look at this real quick. Uh, this is, and, and by the way, this is in all our gift packs for our students at the Bash University class. They're going to get a couple of these baits free. They're going to get some Rappel and VMC stuff. They get a lot of really cool stuff just signed up for the class. And this is in their packs this year. Look at this thing, Pete. Take this. Let me have a look at this. This is the new power bait swim bait called a rib shad. If you haven't seen this yet, take a look at it. You know, the neat thing about this bait is this is a classic launch bait, and this has the potential to win the classic this year. A swim bait could be a winner at Gunnersville for sure. There, there's no doubt. I, I mean, I fished there, you know, early, early season, and of course the Gunnersville fish don't seem to realize what the temperature is. They don't care. It's February. They're going to be moving up. Yep. You know, it's the length of day thing over temperature kind yeah, of a thing. Absolutely. But, but boy, that's a that's a nice bait. That's a that's a pretty heavy duty body with a big thumping tail. That's gonna be that's gonna be a really good swim bait. I'm looking forward to uh, fit, trying that out this year. Uh, real real quick, I had a, a question come in from uh, Logan Snakes, uh, and Logan Snakes says, Mike, you're gonna come in second to KVD at the Classic. Yeah, go screw, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd say that real quick. <laughs> well, you know, it is Monday night. It is Monday night. It is Monday night. Yeah, it's like a wrestling night. You know, oh. you, got, you got the WWE going okay. on here. Okay. Jeez. 
I was going to use a different word, but this is PG-13. <laughs> uh, well, you usually do pretty good down there, don't you? At Guntersville? Yeah. Uh, I do okay there. I'm excited. I think it's. I think we'll have a good tournament. I think it. I think people are going to be surprised about the depth that the fish are caught at Gunnersville. I really do. I think most people in that real cold water um, are going to are going to think that maybe they're a little bit deeper than than they than they're going to be caught. Right. That, that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting on those Tennessee River lakes that even in the coldest coldest months of the year, there's still a lot of shallow fish there, and it's, mm-hmm. it's because of the bait. You know, a lot of that bait stays shallow. It'll stay shallow. All right. Do we want to take more phone calls Let's for about five? minutes let's take some more phone calls definitely okay i'll turn the ringer back on all right look at that oh my god the phone has been blowing up all night Ike. you know what we should say mike we should remind everybody that we're going to be in tulsa uh march 1st and 2nd for the bash university that's our that's our last program this year uh we're going to be in tulsa it is it is we'll be in tulsa oklahoma and uh you know for everybody that doesn't know about the bash university it's a really unique class it's not it's not a boat show it's not a setting where there's a thousand people in the crowd i mean this is this is up close and personal instructions classroom instructions so uh you know go to the website it's uh it's uh, www.thebashuniversity.com they can get all the information there on how to register yeah you can register right there uh we have one and two day passes you can see who all the speakers that that we're going to have there a lot of our classic speakers we're going to have cliff crochet who's uh who's, uh, who's new to us absolutely this the year cajun baby yeah yeah cajun baby i've i've I don't know Cliff. I'm going to meet Cliff for the first time. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, it's go- it's going to be a great class. We're uh, thanks to the Tulsa Sports Commission for for bringing us to town and making this possible. But with such a big success in the Bassmasters Classic there uh, in 2013, you know they want to continue to promote their fisher- fisheries and man, they've got some great ones there. And we're we're looking forward to coming there in March. Hey, you don't know this, Ike. And yes. Pete, but one of the guys that's on the Tulsa Sports Commission is actually my boss for the Cox Channel. I didn't know that. I know. I just he said that. I was like, oh well, Roger's on that. Wow. That deal. So he knows all about bass fishing. He knew about what I was doing coming to New Jersey, and he was actually going to watch tonight. So Roger. Everything is good. What's up, Roger? <laughs> Everything is good. All right, let's go to Bob in New York, I believe. Bob, you there? Yes, sir. What about Bob? What about Bob? How you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good. What's your question, brother? Hey, I got a question. Uh, what is your favorite rod, and why do you use that rod? That's a great question, man. Uh, favorite rod? I've got two. I've got. Uh, I'm going to give you a spinning, and I'm going to give you a casting rod. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. All talk. All talk. What was that? <laughs> Did somebody come I, in here to kick some ass or I knew, something? I, I knew I was going to get ambushed. I, 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 I'm sorry. I stopped mid-question. I was I was definitely thrown off. Uh, my favorite spinning rod would be a 7-foot medium. I feel like that's the most versatile rod out there. You can do a lot with a 7-foot medium spinning. And then my favorite casting rod is a 7-2 medium-heavy casting rod. And the same thing. I like that rod because it's a real versatile rod. Pete? No, I have, I have one. I'm sorry. I have one other question. Can you... 
Can you say hi to my friend Chris and Ed in Berlin, New York for me? Yes, in Berlin. For you? Yes, in Berlin, New York. Okay. Yes, and okay. what make rod is your favorite? Okay. Uh, my make rod, without a doubt, is Abu Garcia. Been using Abu for years. I've got a new rod coming out. It's going to launch in July at ICAST. It's called the Ike Series. That's the okay. rod to get. And uh, and I want to say, what are your what are your homies' names again? Ed and Chris in Berlin, New York. Okay. Ed and Chris. Yes, Ed and Chris in Berlin, New York. Hi, Ed and Chris in Berlin. New York. From Mike and from Mike, man. I was just at the ship. Worcester, dude, you were badass. Oh, sorry. You were bad, man. <laughs> you you are the man, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. All right, Mike. Thank you, sir. Okay. Who was that that ambushed us in there? I don't know. Who? Uh, what? Did you see somebody come in for a second? Where did he go? I don't know. I'd like I like him to come back. Get him back in here. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right, let's look and we see. We've got another question here. All right, so we've got a question from Eric, and Eric says, what's a good size line for crankbait fishing? A 10-pound test. If I had to pick one line, that's what I usually crank with. And his question is size and type. Well, I'm I'm a gamma line guy, and I like the gamma edge fluorocarbon. Uh, fluorocarbon cranking is is man, it, I match it up with that crankbait rod, the Denali crankbait rod I use. It it just catches a lot of fish. You, you get a lot of feel with the fluoro, low stretch. You can keep the the hooks pinned. But I, I'll I'll mess with my lines. I'll go up to 12 and even up to 20 in some cases when you want to get the crankbait shallow. So yeah, I, I I'm gonna get ambushed here in just a second. What the <laughs> Come on, man. I told you to lock that door. What's up, What's up bro? Oh, What's man, up? You're, I don't know, man. What the? <laughs> I told you it was WWE night. We're, we're going to have a smackdown. Was that Gorilla Monsoon? <laughs> wow. Man, we need Pat Rose here. He'd be able to handle that. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Brad in Illinois. Brad, go ahead. Oh, hey, no way. What's going on? Brad, what's up? Well, it's Brett, B-R-E-T, but oh, it gets confusing on the phone. So, Brett, no worries. What's up? I like Brett Dude, well, I anyway. I like Brett way better Oh, me too. <laughs> what's up, Brett? What's your so, question? So when you have three or four days to pre-fish a tournament, how do you usually break those three or four days up? That's a great question, man. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of give you the short version, I think, of you know something that's a, a it's a lot longer. But you know, for three days, it's a limited time, especially if you get to a place you've never been. You know, it's 30, 40, 50, 60,000 acres. Dude, that's intimidating. I, Pete, I remember vividly feeling that that feeling of intimidation. You launch, you look out, you're like, what the heck do I do? You know. Uh, so for me, there's a couple things. One is is having a game plan before you get there. 
there, that's important. You know, and, and basically all I do is I do some research at home. I'll go to you know go to websites, I go to a site like fishity.com. I'll download some maps, so I got a little bit of historical information. I got my maps, and then I think about seasonal pattern. You know, are you know is it a winter pattern? Is it a summer? And just that in itself helps you break the lake down a little bit. And then once you get there, you know, I, I think for me one of the main things that I that I I started to do is to not get intimidated, to not get overwhelmed by the size of the lake, and to almost quarter off the lake in the sections. I'm real big into doing that. So, you know, with a three-day practice period, you can kind of really focus on three different sections of the lake, and then not, not feel overwhelmed. You know, it gives you, it gives you kind of a head start. That, that's huge. And, I, you know, I worked with you on that program, and or, you know, we worked together when we were developing some of that stuff. Yep. And But what, some of the things that I'd like to do is, is make sure in those sections, I'm looking at some different stuff. For instance, if there's stained water in the lake, I'm going to make sure that one of my practice days is involved with that stained water if, and clear water. I'm going to I'm going to spend a day in the clear water, and then I'm going to maybe spend some time in creeks and spend some time on the main lake. Really, what I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure that in in, in those three days I'm exposing myself to you know potential patterns in all the various types of habitat cover water clarities that exist in the lake. Uh, because honestly, during during practice, a lot of times the the tournaments that I've done best in, you know, I, I just get a little tip of the iceberg, you know what I mean? Just a little clue on the pattern, and then you develop that pattern during the tournament. And that's really, that's another thing that takes the pressure off. You're not looking to find the honey hole in those three days. You're just looking to find a clue that's going to help you develop that pattern during the tournament. Fish in the moment, man. Fish Absolutely. Moment. Absolutely. Good, good question, man. All right. Thanks very much. Hey, real quick, would I be able to squeeze one more question in? Yes, sir. How do you feel about being a co-angler, like, on a tournament circuit? Like, do you think it's worth it to go through some, like, tournaments, like BFLs or the Federation as a co-angler, or to save up and get some kind of boat first, and then try to come in as, like, a, as a boater? Yeah, that, that's a great that, that, that's a great question. To me, it's a no-brainer. And, you know, for me, I've always believed in what I call the stair-step process, which mm-hmm. means never jump into a level before you're ready for it, you know? So mm-hmm. highly, highly, highly recommend fishing in some events as a co-angler uh, you know okay. start starting in the back of the boat ease your way in through the federation program the regional events uh, the BFLs and ease up to it you know both Pete and I followed that route you know and, and I can tell you that it helped tremendously the two years that I spent as a co-angler in the back of the boat I'll never forget them. I learned so much. Uh, you know, I drew out with guys like Gary Klein, Tommy Biffle. Oh, I, I no way. Out. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And, and That's you know, sick. what you can learn really helps you. So start, start. you know, take your time. Start in the back of the boat. Work your way up. And, and you know, you can draw those guys right now. You, have, you can become a marshal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marshall program right now is, is something that I'm really a big fan of for somebody that wants to learn. Because one, one of the problems with being a co-angler um, is you're often distracted by the fishing, right? You're, you're, you're trying to catch fish. You're trying to win the co-angler side of the tournament. But becoming a marshal, you're focused on watching uh, one of the super talents of the sport react to conditions, adjust to changes that are going on. When things are going really well... 
you can watch them excel. But really, most importantly, when things are tanking, <laughs> when the primary patterns go south, watching you know Mike and Klon and Kevin adjust to those conditions, those are lessons that man, they're they're priceless lessons. So if you have a if you have one of those programs, one of the elites coming close to your house, I would get uh-huh. in line to be a marshal. All right, great. Thanks for the advice. You bet. Great questions. Man, some good questions coming in. It's amazing, you know. The, the people are all, this is the first episode of Ike Live, and and uh, everybody's already dialed in. It's crazy. We're getting, I'm, I'm looking at the board here. It's lighting up. We're getting uh, about 50% of the questions are technique-specific questions geared toward the Bash University. And the other 50 want to see Ed come back in <laughs> with his, his sexy, hairy body. I think he uh, might be making a, another appearance uh, there, Ike. Okay. All right. Hey, we have a about 10 minutes left on the inaugural Ike Live show, yes. and, and I just I want to throw another hot topic out there real quick, okay. just a, a couple of minutes, because you don't get too many opportunities to have two guys like yourself in the same room to answer this question. But a huge topic on Bass Talk Live over the last couple of weeks has been about the change to the Bassmaster Classic trophy. Right? Total new design, total new look. Do you like it, Ike? I mean, you're a winner, but is there kind of that tradition that needs to be there by keeping the same trophy? And would you be for the type of Stanley Cup atmosphere, Stanley Cup trophy, where you have one classic trophy with every winner's name inscribed on that trophy? You get to keep that trophy right for one year then it gets passed off to the next champion but you still get to keep the one classic trophy that's been a tradition for the past 40 something years what are your thoughts wow i i they're all all good comments uh you know i i'm against changing the classic trophy i think uh you, you know I, I think it should be the, the same i think you should have a trophy it's a symbol it should remain the same over the course of time i'm all for the stanley cup idea you know first of all because I want to drink beer out of out of a trophy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got a lot of trophies sitting back here, and not a single one of them I could drink a damn beer out of. You know what I mean? Uh, so I... I, I'm for that idea. But while we're on this topic, i got to just reach in here and show you one real quick. Now don't break anything. This is my Cooper River trophy <laughs> that I won this year. How many years did it take you? It took me about eight or nine years to win this. This is held on the Cooper River. This is a top rod Bassmaster trophy. I'm proud of this thing, man. <laughs> you can't drink out of it. You can't drink out of it. <laughs> I mean, Pete, what do you think? You know, that's that's an interesting question. Is your classic trophy still broke, by the way? It's loose. It's still loose? <laughs> <laughs> Call Dave Smith. <laughs> it's loose. They gave you a trophy that was loose, or it's did loose. you drop it? No, nah, it's loose. I don't know. Well, I don't know. There's... You know, I, that's it's a question that I'm considering and hearing for the first time. I mean, I'd, I'd want, I'd certainly want that 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 classic version. You know, I mean, my idols, you know, have been winning that trophy forever and ever, and I I want one on my mantle just like it. Um, you know, so I I guess I'm kind of old school that way, and I, and I'm I'm for keeping it the same. All right. Ike, we have about eight minutes left, man. What do you want to do? Uh, we'll take a couple more questions, and then I think we'll bring in uh, we'll bring in Brian the Carpenter, and then we're going to uh, talk talk about something leading into the next show, which is real important. So we'll take a couple more calls. All right. So I have a question right here, and it says, 
Awesome show, brother. I'm a Jersey boy, too, from Pensgrove. My question is, with braided line, do you ever use a fluorocarbon leader? And this amazing question, because we, we get this a lot at the Bash University classes, and it's a great question. I'm going to answer it and talk about one of the ways I rig it, and then I'm going to pass it to you. I love braided line with a fluorocarbon leader, especially in that, for me, especially in applications with a spinning rod. And I love it using braided line to a barrel swivel to a length of fluorocarbon to the bait, especially on a bait like like a, a minnow type bait, like a havoc jerk. Um, I love it. Uh, that barrel swivel gives a little bit extra weight, helps with the line twist. So I love that combination. I, I know you do too. Man, I, I, I'm all in on that. And then I, I tied direct with a knot. And if you, you Google Lunkerville Peak Luzak um, knot, you'll see me tying the knot that I use. But um, but I, I love it on spinning gear. I love it on bait casting gear, tying leaders. Here's here's a, one thing that, that really amazed me, and I, I, I figured it out this year, was I use a lot of chatterbaits uh, fishing on the upper Chesapeake. I do an awful lot of on-water training and stuff there. And uh, on, we use braid direct for these baits, ripping it out of the grass. But, you know, I, I tied up rods on my, you know, the guy. I was fishing with to braid direct, and I only had a fluoro rod left, so I rigged up with fluoro. That fluoro ripped them, uh, catching them three to three to one. And uh, I wound up, you know, tying fluoro leaders on my my guy's rods in order to catch the fish. So it was a, it was a scenario where, on such a reaction tool, you would never think that line shyness was a factor, but it is. Yeah. So man, you know, I, I use I use a lot of leaders. Check out the knot that I tie because that's one of the problems guys have. I can't tie that darn double uni knot, man. It takes me a year. Yeah, and, yep, it's uh, a difficult knot. I, the knot I tie is real fast, and it really helps me with the leaders. Good question. We have a caller. We have somebody calling in on there, cranking us. Oh yeah. Who do we got? Sorry, we have Samuel from Texas. Go ahead, Samuel. Samuel. Hey, hi. This is Samuel. I was calling. Your favorite lake to fish in Texas. Oh, man, good question. Uh, favorite lake to fish in Texas. I, man, there, I've got a handful of them that I absolutely love. I'm going to have to say, if I had to pick one, I'm still going to have to say Falcon Lake. And and I'm going to give you a reason why. Every time that I've been to Falcon, I've been there, I've been fortunate enough to fish there about six different times. Every single time I went, I caught a fish around 10 pounds, either a little under or a little over, either in practice or in the tournament. I mean, I, I don't know, Pete, do you know of any other place in the country where you can go and consistently catch that many fish in that range? That's no, unbelievable. No, there, there's that, that, that lake is special, so I read because I've never had a chance to fish Falcon, but what an awesome lake. And I've, I've fished Fork, uh, which I really like, but my favorite lake in Texas is Toledo Bend. And the reason why I like Toledo Bend is because my friend Dave Mansu lives on the lake, and I get to stay there, and it's the best food on the lake. <laughs> That's true. And why, why we're talking about Falcon, you know, there's an interesting pattern that develops there, especially in the summer when guys are out there jet skiing, and you could actually flip floating heads there. People get their heads cut off and you could flip the heads that are That's floating terrible. with the jig. Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I love fishing Fork. It's a great lake. I try to fish it many times and biggest I've seen out there is a bunch of sows and 
13 plus fish. Well, I, Lake Fork is awesome. One, you get a lot of fishing pressure on Lake Fork. You know, a lot of fishing pressure. Are we getting Are we getting crank called? No. No, well, that was legit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks Good for calling, question, man. man. Thanks. <laughs> Good question. I have uh, another question from Paige. Talked about this one. Uh, this is a question for you. Let me see that. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if you want to read that online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Can't say. No, I don't want to talk about what I just saw. That was. He's up to no good. That was pretty. Uh, Pretty, pretty disgusting. Uh, we have a question here from uh, Robert Walters asking about how the pros, how how fishermen, anglers deal with elbow injuries. That's an interesting question because I know we both had some some issues with elbows. Yeah. So you know, for me, rest, ice, elevation for sure help. But I know you've dealt with it a little bit. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean that, that's a big deal. I mean, you get to tendonitis is is the key. You get golf or tennis elbow and what's it? golfer's elbow is the other one i forget but one tendon's on the upper side one's on the lower side and and they get little tears in them and i, I it's the most painful injury you can ever have because you can't even pick up something as small as a lure without bringing you to your knees but the key is stretching stretching those tendons that's the key for me i went to rehab for mine i had cortisone shots in both arms and stretching was key uh you know rocking that wrist down and and stretching it back that's going to help a lot with with those elbow injuries. Stay off those cortisone shots unless you absolutely have to because that even takes you longer to rehab. All right, Pete. It's about that time. Looking at the clock, it's 10.58. So thank you for coming. Thank you for being on the show. Key part of the show. We're going to end it by... I, I want to stress to everybody, thank you for joining us for the first Ike Live. This show, I want this show to be your show. This is going to be your show. Please do me a favor. Uh, send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on Twitter. Log on. Give us your comments. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Ed's hairy chest for sure was a highlight of the show. Uh, let us know. Definitely give us some feedback. Um, this is going to be your show. We want to make this show bigger and better. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Mr. Ed Bassmaster, for joining us for our first show. It was Mike, very special. Mike, thanks for having me. Uh, I had a good time talking to the... What's up, Ryan? Hey. Oh. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I want to give a special shout out to uh, a couple of my friends back home. Uh, Bobby the cop, Mike. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> No. Can you hear me? I want to give a couple of shout outs to Bobby the Cop, Greg, um, my kids, and it was a good time, right, Bri? Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Hey, real quick, I, hey, I want to say I want to say thanks to uh, we kind of constructed this whole monstrosity. Uh, we talked about it over a year ago, and I just want to say thanks for giving me an opportunity to be involved with it. Get yeah, the no, thing going. No problem, boss. No problem. Yeah, you too, Ed. And by the way, please. If you like this, check out Bass Talk Live three days a week. The only live webcast covering the sport of bass fishing at least three times every week. Tell you got to do what you got to do, boss. That's right. Tuesday, yeah. Wednesdays, and Alrighty. Thursdays, 11 a.m. Central Time. That's my shameless plug. Sounds you good. You rock, Ike. BassZone.com. Thank you, everybody. Hey, you rock. Appreciate you rock, too, it. buddy. I'm glad you didn't say Appreciate I did. Appreciate it. Thanks. And see you soon. All right. Folks at home, folks yeah. at home.